Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. It's Dennis Lisa McEntee. And Lisa, I'm super excited about this series that we're in, these roadblocks of leaders. So last time we talked about these performance roadblocks. Yep. And today we're talking about... Uh, personal roadblocks, character roadblocks. So these are these are roadblocks that that leaders face. Um, they're challenges that hinder us from being everything we can as an individual and as a leader to lead our teams and even to lead ourselves. And there's common roadblocks, and the, we've got common, and we just got some really good strategies for these common roadblocks. And in this podcast series, we're talking about performance roadblocks, which was last week's podcast. Yeah. This week is personal character roadblocks. Ouch. Next week will be relational roadblocks. And um, the week after will be emotional roadblocks. And they're all these roadblocks to being the best leader and the most effective and happiest leaders that we really can be. Yeah, Lucy, and I'm excited because we're offering the leadership scorecard. And so we're going to put a link there, but we've had some really fantastic results that we've seen from leaders self-evaluating because then when you can see it, then you can begin to work on it. The tough thing is, is that if it's in your blind spot and you think you're okay, but you're really not okay, that's the worst. And so it has really helped leaders see some of these blind spots and then develop action plans and some really fascinating results. And so we're going to give you the link for that so that you can have that today. And this and this scorecard, really, I mean, it just takes about about 10 minutes. Or less. Or le- uh, Yeah, of your time. If you're a quick start, it takes you two. <laughs> if, if you're, you're like fact, me, it'll If you're be... a fact finder, you're 10. Yeah, or That's 15. Okay, or 15. <laughs> uh, but these, just 10 or 15 minutes, and you'll be able to kind of identify. You'll be able to <laughs> identify, okay, where, yeah. where do I fall? What right. of these 24 different areas, what can I... What is going to be the best bang for my buck? What can I focus on and get the most forward thrust in my leadership and my capabilities and my company? Yeah, and so very, very helpful. So Lisa, let's kind of dive in to these roadblocks today. So the first one we want to cover is perfectionism. Ouch. Yeah, Yeah. it's okay. Well, and it's this kind of striving for such excellence, but almost understanding that perfection is really unattainable because in a sense, nothing is perfect. Now, people, what are you talking about? Well, when you say something is perfect, that means it can't be improved at all. Ever. Ever. And we think everything can be improved maybe just a little bit or even like time. It's, oh, we got that done at 4 o'clock on Thursday. Well, could we have gotten it done at 345? And it's this whole idea that we we let perfectionism kind of stop us. And some of the hurdles that people deal with when it's think about perfection is this all or nothing thinking. It's sort of this black and white and almost like if I can't do it perfectly, then it shouldn't be done. And especially we've had this with our team working with clients is that if it's good enough for clients, then it's good enough. And not that we ever want to produce bad work or substandard work, but sometimes we hold ourselves to a standard where clients don't even want that same standard. And then we end up not meeting the deadline that our clients want in the first place. And And then they're frustrated. And they're frustrated in evaluating, okay, what ultimately here is the most important? What are the most important deliverables with this project, with this client. Well, and you think about it, Lisa, a little bit, perfection can be selfish. Because you say, oh, I don't, want to, I don't want to release that yet because it's not perfect. Well, it's not perfect to me. Well, it's not about you. It could be perfect to them. Right. And if it's perfect to them, then guess what? It's, it's perf- perfect. Because it's, it's perfect. for them. Yeah. And, and it's a different way to look at it because sometimes people think like, oh, I want it perfect. Well, sometimes that can be a little selfish because, wow, aren't you just making it all about you? Oh, it's a little hard. That hurts. And so kind of embrace this idea of 
of good enough at times. And, and I think celebrating your progress, because sometimes people that deal with perfection, they don't get good at celebrating. They're, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? I had a conversation this morning with a team member. And I says, well, hey, what, what were some wins? She goes, and she said, well, I don't know. Just and, and I said, well, you know, did you reach this person? Yeah. I said, oh, that's a win. And sometimes we think like, okay, I didn't climb Mount Everest. I didn't cure COVID. Nothing's a win. And sometimes just being hard on yourself that way, sometimes Sometimes just getting out of bed today was a win. <laughs> right. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so just understanding to celebrate your progress really helps you because you feeling a sense of progress is the big motivator. And people that procrastinate, they don't take steps forward, so they don't necessarily have the progress to celebrate. Um, I think another reason sometimes people procrastinate is fear of criticism. Yeah, and they become re reluctant almost to share their ideas. And one way to kind of look at it is that criticism is just information. Mm -hmm. It's feedback. It's feedback. And that's, that's how that's how plants grow is you give them food, whether it's water or minerals, different yeah, things. They need those things, the mm -hmm. light, and it gives them food so they can grow. And that's what feedback is. It's almost like feedback is food. Mm -hmm. Hey, when you're getting feedback, you're getting nourishment. And it is just a different meaning that you put on it. So you look at just information. Now, here's typically what happens is when, we're, we, when we tend to be perfectionists, we tend to also have pro procrastination. They're kind of like both. They kind of go hand in hand. And then we tend to like overwork and spend all this excess energy on a task. And that even can lead to burnout. And so because it's not perfect, we don't even want to start. And so we tend to procrastinate. And many times it's just take the first step. And I think something that's helped our team and we've helped other clients with is just to understand where people are gifted at and just give it to them and have them work on it. In their area of giftedness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forget what project this was. It's just yesterday. I said, Hey, can you do this for me and just take 10 minutes and just write this out? And I said, I know it's going to be wrong. I know it's not going to be good. I understand that. I don't want it to be good. I just need you to put words on paper. And I think she sent it back to me with words on paper, and I said, okay, here's how we're going to change it. But I was procrastinating because I didn't know the next step, and I just needed a team member to help me. Somebody to just kind of give you a little push and work together. And that's that's the idea of teamwork is so we want to celebrate progress, kind of seek support, and really be open about this. If you deal with perfectionism, just be open with it and be honest with it because the best – disinfectant is sunlight. So just let some sun into this. And we talked about this, the last podcast is really prioritize self-compassion. Almost treat yourself like a good friend because sometimes per, you're perfectionist and you, and you treat yourself not really well. Would you treat your best friend that way? Yeah. I it, mean, I hope not. Yeah. If you do, then they probably shouldn't be your best friend. <laughs> and they might not be your best friend. Yeah. Right. And almost see, see all these mistakes as opportunities to grow. So I think leaders, sometimes they just want it perfect and it's an illusion. So next one, Lisa, we want to talk about is micromanagement habits. Micromanagement habits. Yeah, this is this is um, under the personal and character roadblocks because yeah. really micromanagement habits, they're, they all come down to it's a kind of it's about me. Ouch. Yeah, it's it's how I'm going to do it, how I want it done, not regarding your gifts, not regarding your talents. I'm glad I don't deal with this. Not, um, not releasing control and just you think of it's it's like a child with with a ball and they grab it and they're like, 
It's mine, and I want it, and we're going to play with it it. this way, and this is how we're going to play the game. And you think of that situation, and you put it into a company today, Mm. and it doesn't really – could you imagine – okay, let's just just think about MLB, right? Okay. And could you imagine the catcher or the pitcher or the first baseman or any of them saying, okay, this is how we're going to do it? Because we're doing it all my way, and mm-hmm. and I'm going to switch things around, and and I'm going to try to be the one to pitch and get the guy, the runner out on first, all in the same time. And how how well is that going to go for your team? And yeah. that's really essentially what a micromanager does, or someone that that is stuck in those micromanagement habits is they're trying to play all of the infield positions and all of the outfield positions predominantly themselves, maybe with a little tiny bit of help. And then what happens is, you know, they pitch and the ball gets hit and it goes out into the outfield and they're running out to the outfield to try to catch it after they pitch. And then the <laughs> then there's the center fielder out there and he's like wanting to catch it. And, and the center field feels like, why am I even here? Why am I even here? And he sees the pitchers coming out to try to grab it and the pitcher can't get to it and the center fielder. I mean, it's like... That's what we do when we micromanage. It's like, let the center fielder play his position. And so let the people on your team, in your family, on your team, in your company, play the positions that they were hired. Let Take your hands off of it. And so micromanaging is kind of a big deal. And we talked about this a lot in our recent episodes 127 through 130. And it was really, it was truly a deep dive into micromanaging. And so... Yeah, and really, like these are more emotional issues than anything, right? Because mm-hmm. you've got to confront fear, like your control issues, and, and that's why we dealt with it a lot in emotionally intelligent. So, listen, if that's a tendency that you have, we'll put a link there. You can get information more on emotionally intelligent. It's really a five week course, but the last two modules really deal with how do you communicate and deal with some of those trust control type issues, and and really it kind of breathes, sort of it breathes onto your team, and then your team is not engaged. But it's, you've created it by micromanaging the right. whole process. Yep. So steps to how to not micromanage. Now, if you if you really truly feel like you are you are the king of micromanaging, please go back and listen to those podcasts because yeah. we we break down so many different aspects of micromanaging and ways to. Just stop. Yeah. Ways to stop. stop it. Ways to release, right? Yeah. And so, but, you know, if you don't really feel like this is something that it's a deal for you, then simple. Overcoming strategies for micromanaging. Trust your team's capabilities. Trust yeah. your team. Trust your team. Trust what they're capable of doing. Um, delegate tasks with clear expectations. Yeah, with deadlines and, mm-hmm. you know, the context of why you're doing these right. things. Right. And then give your team members autonomy and the freedom to make the decisions based on the roles that they have. I mean, if you really want a high-functioning team, give them autonomy and give them freedom. Yeah, Lisa, I was in a workshop just in Virginia last week, and I just said this one phrase. I asked this group of leaders, I said, how many people want this? You're not quite sure what it means. It is simply a self-directed work team. Hmm. And everybody's hands went up. And it really is this autonomous. But if you're micromanaging, they will not be self-directed. And what's interesting about that word autonomy, it means to be self-ruled. 
When you're autonomous, you're able to rule yourself. And that's what we want so that we have adult-to-adult conversations. People are self-directed, self-motivated. But if you're a micromanager, you will not have a self-directed work team. Yeah. And so- It will be the pitcher-directed team that is not going to win any games. Definitely not not going to the playoffs. Yeah. So, so listen to this. Frank Sinatra did not move his own pianos. Okay. So if you're Frank Sinatra, right? Mick Jagger does not tune the guitars. You do what you're gifted at and build a team. And then let yourself be famous. <laughs> there you go. Well, but you know, he had to have somebody move those pianos. Frank had to have somebody move the piano, right? Somebody didn't move the piano, then there wasn't going to be performance. So the guy that moved the piano was just as important as Frank was. And that's a pretty big responsibility because he cannot step into his role without that piano Great or point. without that guitar. Yeah. Uh, the last one we want to deal with today is imposter syndrome. Ouch. I've heard this a lot. A yeah, lot of people are a dealing lot of people with are talking about it. Syndrome. Yeah. And it's it, it's this experience where you kind of have this self-doubt. It's like you actually don't believe you deserve it. Yeah. You're in this opportunity, you're in this situation. Or, or we've even had this conversation with different team members where they were invited to this meeting and they said, Well, I, I just don't think I sh- I don't think I deserve to be here. Or, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know why I'm here or I don't think I'm supposed to be here. And they didn't feel comfortable with this. And we had to sit and explain that, listen, that's not your choice. If your leader wants you in the room, then they think you're supposed to be there. And really, when we think we're, don't, we're not supposed to be there, we're, gosh, we're really kind of making it all about us. Now, I do have to say, let's, let's take another spin on this, that sometimes leaders expect certain people to be in the room, mm-hmm. and they truly don't need to be because they're not part of this particular type of meeting. Right. They're not part of the ideation meeting. You yeah. know, um, they're more of the executor. Well, the executor probably doesn't need to be in that meeting, so... That we're talking more the idea of imposter syndrome, like I don't have the capability. I am not, I am not at a high enough stance or level or knowledge to be able to sit in the room at this level. Well, listen, you just think about it. There's this kind. I'm just thinking about it. It it frustrates me when we have certain people in the room. We invite them into the room, and they tell us they don't think they should be there, and. But I want you there. I think you should be there because you add value. To you what, add value, to and what we're I going to talk and about. I yeah. I appreciate your your knowledge and your intellect and just the different skills that you have. And I'm I'm inviting all that you are and your capabilities into this conversation because I value what's inside you. And I think as leaders, if we can step back and really start to value what's inside of people, it, we tell team our team members all the time is that listen, we're really praying for your brain, not just your hands. It's we want your brain, we want your brain to show up. And I think that's how we have to look at people because they're investments, not costs. And so this whole imposter, another one is that they, they tend to like attribute like their success to external circumstance. Oh, I just happened to be in the right place. Uh, at least we, we had a client that was in the round table at one time and he made it really big in crypto. Yeah. Right. And do you remember he was talking about, oh, I just got lucky. No, that wasn't, I just was, and I was like, hey, dude, I was not smart enough to get into crypto when you got into crypto. And he actually made money. Yeah. Okay, this is before crypto, you know, did what crypto did. But but, this was the big boom and But he was convinced that oh it was it wasn't me. It was just I was just lucky. I was just and I was like, no, you take some credit for yourself. Right. I was like, I didn't see it. I wish I would have saw it. But I didn't see it. So we didn't have make the same opportunity. And so sometimes, you know, 
we just attribute everything to external factors. So listen, if you're at a certain place, realize there's certain things that you've done to get there and start to believe in yourself. Because people feel you before they hear you or see you. And if you don't see yourself as somebody great and with value, other people won't see you that way. And it really diminishes people's leadership. So I think what to do, it's real important to create a, a list of your positive attributes. I know what you have to give, what yeah. what you present, what what comes with you when you enter in the room. Yeah. And one thing that we ask we ask leaders or sometimes when we're coaching is like, hey, what's great about you? What's your unique ability? What's amazing about you? And people, they look at you stunned. But if I say, hey, what are all your failures? Hey, what are the things that you don't do well? I, we talk for a couple hours because we're so good at looking in the mirror and just beating ourselves up about it. But to step back and go, hey, these are the things that I do well. And almost like, hey, this happens because of me, right? At least there's certain things that happen because of you. when you step into the room, other people feel encouraged. Other people feel included. You're a very inclusive leader. So when you step into the room, it just automatically happens. And when I know that that's what happens when I step into the room, then I can step into that with more confidence, with more humility, and with eyes open for the opportunities for my giftings to be um, utilized. Yeah. At least I'll never forget, this was a long time ago, and you probably remember this story, is that we we went to this party and we were we were in our young 20s and i remember walking into this house and it was it was on sarasota bay and so you saw the bay on one side and you saw the tampa bay no Sar- sarasota bay so okay. right so you saw the, the gulf on one side and the bay on the other oh, side right. and it was right there like on the peninsula and i remember walking to this house and it was so gigantic and so lavish and so nice it was and amazing it, right and i remember walking into it and immediately i felt uncomfortable and i thought okay dennis you don't belong here Dennis, this is too good. This is too nice. You don't even deserve to be in, at this party. And, because the other people at the party were, I don't know, I think a lot of them were fairly successful people. Yeah, but there was a reason that they wanted us at this party. That and, we were even invited, that right. we even made the invite list. It, it, and it's the fact that we belonged. And I think this whole idea of belonging is huge. And so we just want to encourage you, listen, if you deal with imposter syndrome, listen, you belong. Okay, you belong, you're accepted, you're not rejected. You have gifts. You have gifts, you have value, you have talent. So just step into it. Step into it. Lisa, this is this has been great. Yeah. Okay, so and then we've got these roadblocks. So so these roadblocks, these these personal roadblocks, these character roadblocks, they are This is this all involves self-awareness, a commitment to personal growth. Um, You know, we want to seek support from mentors and coaches and therapists because being the best person, the best leader we can be always involves getting past those roadblocks and those things that are stopping us and embracing the challenges and embracing them as opportunities, opportunities to be the best person that I can be for growth and for improvement. And and our leadership scorecard is a really super easy way to take 10 minutes and be like, oh, yeah, this is my opportunity for growth. This is an opportunity for me to be the better me. Yeah. And, and listen, if you're interested in executive coaching, we have some amazing executive coaches on the leadership development team that they take this scorecard and they actually use it in their coaching. So take the scorecard and you look at it and you go, hey, these are some blind spots. I really need some help with it. Then just reach out to us. We'll put all that information in the show notes. Um, Lisa, for you, big takeaway for you. Oh, big takeaway for me. Um, imposter syndrome. I've heard it so much lately. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, 
I hurt for the people that just feel like such imposters. And I'm thinking, you are not an imposter. You are here for a reason. Yeah. You are here for a purpose. And take pride in who you are and what you have to give. Yeah, I think that's mine too. Wow. Yeah, I, I think to realize that I belong and just to step back in some of the places that we walk into and some of the opportunities that we have, just to, just to step back and go, you know what? I belong here. What happens because of us? What value do I do we bring? And then really work on creating that value and just bringing that value forth so that we just help and bless as many people as possible. And this is something that these these roadblocks, uh, whatever level of leadership, I mean, we have CEOs of really successful companies and the, they deal with it. It's fascinating. They, deal right? with, they, they still do. deal with it, yeah. even with the amount of success and the number of employees that are looking for them for direction. So. What well, has nothing to do with outward success. It is an inward how you see yourself. Yeah. And so it, it is a fascinating journey. So listen, this has been fun. If you want the leadership scorecard, we'll put it there in the show notes. It's our gift to you. And um, we'll see you next time. We're going to continue the conversation about these different roadblocks. And see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. 